Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. You are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio right here on The Fringe FM. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this evening. The date is Monday, 2021, the 21st. A lot of history made this weekend and before this weekend. Juneteenth has become a federal holiday, or at least it will be as soon as the ink dries on the pen of... President Joe Biden, Juneteenth now, a federal holiday celebrating the anniversary of the freeing of slaves. There are a lot of holidays that aren't official federal holidays that people celebrate. People celebrate the Emancipation Proclamation. I think one thing we kind of missed about Jubilee Day or Juneteenth is that it didn't really celebrate the freeing of slaves. It actually celebrated the freeing of slaves in Texas. And that's mostly because the people that owned slaves in Texas just kept the news about the Emancipation Proclamation and the Civil War secret so they could maintain their slave empire. But this just is a celebration of the slaves being freed in Texas. And I find it strange, like we turn individual celebrations of one group or one class of people into a federal holiday. And that's fine. I don't really have any issue with it. I don't, it doesn't really bother me or affect me. I don't really care, but it's not a celebration of the freeing of slaves in the context that it's been presented as to me. That's a little bit weird. It's a little bit bizarre to me. We talked about this last week on the show on Wednesday a show that I called Good Slaves Get Good Marks. I thought it was a good show name, and I thought it was a good show, but we talked about what has been called critical race theory. And we're not going to talk about that tonight, but we played a clip of a little old lady who fled communist China, and she was 20-something, 26 years old when she fled communist China, and she came to the United States, and she tells us in 2021 that everything that we have seen socially that relates to race and even leading into sexuality and gender is not about creating a more equitable society. That's why people have flocked to the United States for decades, because it is a more equal society. She says what's being done is what was done in Mao's China in the 60s and even before, but during the Cultural Revolution, where instead of using something like class between the rich and the poor, the landlord and the peasant, they're using race. Now that discussion has kind of been left along the side of the road as we've proceeded into making Juneteenth a a federal national holiday, And while virtually every company has taken millions of dollars to advertise to LGBTQ people, which I find very offensive, considering the fact that LGBTQ people contribute to about five, 
6% of the entire population. So basically companies that are using rainbows in their wording and, and their advertisements, it's all about a, a wonderful rainbow world. They're advertising not to those 5 or 6% of people, less than 1% who are trans and the 5% or so that are actual homosexuals. They're advertising to the 95% who aren't of those identifications and those classifications. And then they're advertising specifically to the large majority of that 95% who feel better about themselves supporting a company because they put rainbows on their advertisements. And to me, that's just exploitation. That's a sickness. That's a disease. And if you have another affiliation sexually or gender or whatever, I, I feel like you should be a little bit offended, not at me for not liking it. You should be offended at the companies for exploiting what those things supposedly mean to your community. That's just my opinion. That's just the way that I see things. But there's another topic. There's another area that for years, you know, we talked about this on Thursday. I did a show called Use the Rod, Abuse the Child. And really, other than the subject of child trafficking and human trafficking, there have been very, very few topics on radio when you get into the world of the paranormal and you get into the world of the bizarre and the strange and the conspiratorial, there are very few topics you can't talk about. And I found out early on child trafficking and child abuse was a topic that you weren't really allowed to talk about. It was kind of an unwritten rule. And it turned out to be a written rule when I was on the Dark Matter Radio Network and got letters from Keith Rowland and Art Bell about not talking about the Vatican, not talking about Buckingham Palace, don't talk about senators and Congress people. Don't talk about the powerful people. Don't talk about Epstein. You know, long before Epstein was a household name, don't talk about Epstein blackmailing people with underage kids, you know, from people that are in law to people that are in media, people that are in education, academia, politicians, rich, powerful people like Bill Gates and people like um, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. Doesn't really matter what side of the aisle you're on political, politically. It's not a political issue. Don't talk about those things. Those are very dangerous things to talk about. We we could be held liable for that. But they were completely okay if you talked about things that were considered socially acceptable, even if those things that were considered socially acceptable were really unacceptable to half the population. As long as you were in a group, as long as you were in an identity and they agreed with that identity, the network, the station was okay with it. But then I found that there was another topic. And over the years, this topic, perhaps more than any topic, has been a topic that you are just not allowed to mention to question, to even think about in your own head. You can't question it. And that's something that is disturbing to me. Because if you really want to know who's in control, you ask yourself who you can't question. And so when I ask a question myself, this is me asking a question, why am I not allowed to ask questions about what is happening in the Middle East and in particular in the Gaza Strip area? Why can't I ask questions about what Israel is doing to the Palestinian people? Now, we're not talking about Israelis who got two COVID jabs and wear freedom bracelets and they're just trying to get to work and they're trying to go to the movie without being blown up. I'm talking about what the government is doing to the Palestinian people. Why can you not ask that question? 
It's not even a matter of answering that question. You can't even ask the question, let alone answer the question. Why? Well, it's considered offensive to many people, and suddenly, out of nowhere, the Holocaust is, is brought up. And, and I never understood that. Why is the, what does the Holocaust have to do with anything regarding geopolitics today? Or just from an American point of view, it's geopolitical, but just from the point of view of what's happening at Gaza, I don't understand what the Holocaust has to do with that. So what that sounds like to me... The Holocaust is basically then, in that context, what a rainbow flag or a rainbow package is for a lot of companies for Pride Month. They're basically using something. They're using the flag or they're using the Holocaust. They're using a group of people that have been exploited or who who have been uh, criticized or mocked or made fun of or tortured or something. Somebody experienced something that was that was really just not good. So they're using the Holocaust to say, well, because Jews suffered, the state of Israel can do whatever they want to do today. Because some gay people were made fun of one time at a bar, they get a rainbow flag, and now we can sell Skittles to you, and you buy them, and then you feel better about yourself because you support gay guys not getting harassed at a bar, or you support gay women not getting you know, attacked in public. You see what I mean? It doesn't really make a lot of sense until you break it down and realize it's a, in, in the case of advertising with rainbows, it's about exploiting a small percentage of the population to make a majority of the population feel bad about themselves so they buy those products and feel like we are making a more inclusive world. When the only thing you're making more inclusive, the only thing you're making grow and expand is, is the, the pocketbook of the companies that are doing this. Okay, you're giving them access to more money. That's all that it is. You're giving them your energy. You're giving them your soul, in essence. And I find that wrong. And I find it wrong to say, well, because some Jews had something bad that happened to them, we should allow Israel as a state to do whatever they want to do to the rest of the world or to Palestinians or to anybody. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Now, see, I already know. I already know. Not because I'm smart, but because I've been doing this for about 10 years now. I already know that the people have turned the radio off tonight because you can't handle that idea. And, and, and I don't get it. It's like if you just read down a list of topics to where people would tune out, you know, you, you, you get down the list and, and you get to those last two topics. Child abuse, people tune it out because it's too much to deal with. I get it. I understand. But then for some reason, Israel comes up and it's like unless you get on your knees, you know what I mean? Unless you get on your knees in so many contexts to Israel, nobody wants to listen to it. It doesn't matter if you're Republican. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. It doesn't mean if you're an extremist. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist, an anarchist. You either love Israel or you're a terrible person. Why? Oh, the Holocaust. And that's all anybody can say. The Holocaust, Holocaust, Holocaust. That doesn't make any sense to me. Israel, if anything, you, you should dislike Israel because Israel was established by elitists of Britain And elitists of Germany, particularly Adolf Hitler himself, helped to establish the current modern state of Israel. Have a look at the Havara Agreement. So why would you like Israel if you hate Nazis and you don't like the Holocaust when Nazis literally established the state of Israel to dump Jews into that region to get them out of the Third Reich? 
So what it sounds like to me is just like with LGBTQ support and just like with all the other minority groups, we love Black Lives Matter, we love this group, we love that group. You're taking a minority group, telling them to shut their mouths, you speak for them, buy this product because there's a rainbow on it, support Israel because some Jews died in the past, wasn't your fault, wasn't something you believe in, but support it and do what we tell you to do or you're a bad person, you hate black people, you hate gay people, you hate Israel, you hate Jews. And you're not allowed to do any of those things. That's socially unacceptable. So they create and they craft a narrative so that you participate in buying the product or you participate in agreeing to the political ideology and agreeing to the geopolitical unfoldments. So if you don't do those things, then you're a bad person in the eyes of other people who have been given this false dilemma that you either support Israel or you're a Nazi, even though Nazis literally established the state of Israel. You either support Skittles with the rainbow, you know, and, and they're great. They're, now they have like gray Skittles because it's all inclusive. Everybody's the same. It's basically a communist Skittle pack when Skittles could have just used, you know, taste the rainbow. Everybody's always included and they could have used that as their advertising for 12 months of the year. Every month's Pride Month. Couldn't they have done that instead? No, they got to make one month Pride Month because they're buying into the social Marxism. And that's what this is all about. So you either support it or you're the enemy. Just like, remember George Bush said that. You are with us, or you're with the terrorists. This is how psychology works. You support it, or you're a bad person. You're either with us, or you're against us. And that's pretty much how it goes down. I wasn't really surprised this weekend to see that Israel, once again, has bombed Gaza City. They did this on Wednesday and Thursday, of last week, and I've read some reports over the weekend that they've opened fire, they've broken the ceasefire for the second time as of Thursday, and they claim that Gaza City, Hamas had sent some kind of weapon into Israel, and it's just a constant battle, rockets going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, I'm not smart enough or well-versed enough to sit here and to tell you I understand the geopolitical, the historical, the social, the cultural, the, the, ethic, the ethical, the moral, the, the anything about that situation. But what I can tell you is I'm not a bad person for believing, and I'm not a Nazi for believing that Israel is guilty of unbelievable, untold, countless war crimes for which the country, and the people that are committing them should be brought to justice for. And that's not even my opinion. That is the view under international law of even the United Nations. I bet you never thought I'd agree with the United Nations. Well, tonight I do. The United Nations and so many other groups believe that Israel and know that Israel have committed all these crimes against humanity, war crimes, the breaking of international law. And it's like nobody nobody cares. Nobody gets it. People are not concerned with this. Why? Why aren't we concerned with it? Why aren't we thinking about it? Why aren't we talking about it? 232 people died last month between Israel and Hamas. 65 children. There's 65 kids there that we also don't care about, just like the kids being trafficked into Tennessee and put on buses run by the DOD. We don't care about that because those aren't kids in cages we can exploit for a political purpose. It's not a rainbow flag we can exploit to sell a product. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. We're going to go into more of this in detail tonight on The Fringe FM. Stay with us.
You are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, where you can catch the secret teachings with Ryan Gable five nights a week after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook. If you enjoyed the secret teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of the Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. 
I'm Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings right here on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings is the social media page. And our website is www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find a full list of all of our past shows, our montage archive, and more. You can subscribe to that archive to get access to the archive of shows, the montages, and my digital books for a week, a month, or a year. The year is obviously the best deal, and you get a physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S., and we do ship internationally as part of that one-year subscription. You can go to the website and subscribe today to become a member. The PayPal service is the one service that we use. I try to keep things very simple. I even try to keep things kind of antiquated because I just don't like expanding to all these other digital platforms. I just like to keep things very, very, very simple. It's all on the website under the subscribe tab at the top of the page. You can also use the site for the top news stories we have or to see what shows are coming up on the homepage there. You'll see all of our picture promos for each show Monday through Friday. Again, right here on the Fringe FM. So as of last week, the state of Israel broke the ceasefire and launched a number of rockets and other projectiles into Gaza. And uh, while this was happening, the mainstream media always, always, it doesn't matter if it's ABC News, CNN, Fox News especially, there's always a justification for why Israel began firing rockets or firing some type of explosive device into Gaza. There's always some justification. This time they say because Hamas launched things into Israel. They launched some kind of uh, projectile into Israel. So Israel has to defend itself. Now this is happening last week, the end of the week, and it was occurring after Israel began bombing uh, Gaza and Gaza was launching strikes into Israel last month. That resulted in the deaths of 232 people, including 65 children in the Gaza Strip, according to the Palestinian Ministry of Health. Ten people, including one soldier and a six-year-old, were killed in Israel by Hamas rockets, according to Megan David Adom, Israel's National Emergency Service. So, after about two weeks of fighting back in May, Israel's security cabinet approved a ceasefire with Hamas on May 20th without any conditions. And a few weeks later, just last week, and here coming up on the weekend, the 18th and 19th and 20th, today is the 21st for point of reference, Israel began launching more attacks on Gaza. And you see very little to no attention on this in mainstream media on either side of the political aisle. It's it's like a complete ceasefiring of propaganda. There's no concern. And when the concern for what's happening there does make it into the mainstream, it's like, well, Israel did it because they had to defend themselves. Now I'm just I'm just wondering why the mainstream media couldn't inform us on why 
there were attacks on Israel or why there were attacks on Hamas to begin with. And I'll give you a little bit of an idea of what's going on because the mainstream media on both the Republican side especially and the Democratic side, which they used to be more concerned about it, but they're not, why neither one of these political parties or really any political party seems to be concerned with anything except kneeling like a humble knight to the state of Israel, just to the idea of Israel. Now, why they would do that, considering that people are so upset and so concerned to this day about domestic terrorism and white supremacy and things like Nazism, when Nazis literally established the state of Israel. So, let me read you this from Al Jazeera. The UN says that forced expulsion of Palestinians is a violation of law. This is from Al Jazeera just a few days ago. And the funny thing about this article is they waste no time in explaining why there was fighting last month to begin with. And it's very important. This does affect your daily life, whether you're concerned about geopolitics, politics that are localized here in the United States, or you're concerned just about the psychological status of the average human being today, you know, with pandemics and with things like race being such a hot topic. This all factors into it. If you give me some time, I can explain the details of that. The United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees in the Near East is a UN agency that supports the relief and human development of Palestinian refugees. The UNRWA Commissioner General Felipe Lazzarini said that the eviction that's taking place in Israel, in Palestine, in Gaza, this eviction violates international law and Israel's obligation as an occupying power. For the UNRWA, these Palestinian refugees are experiencing a second displacement in living memory. They're being forced out of their ancestral homelands. Dozens of Palestinians living there faced forced expulsion in a case filed against them by Jewish settler organizations. And as a result of this, mass protests against their forced dispossession in May 2021, just last month, spread across historic Palestine and caught the attention of the international media. This is what you heard about in the media. Israel is being attacked by Hamas. Israel is being attacked. Israel is under attack. Israel, 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 Israel. You couldn't get a harder erection if you took two Viagra and then cinched your genitals, okay, and just like held them real tight. You couldn't get a harder erection for a state, and I don't understand why that is. I'm trying to figure it out tonight. As Israel cracked down on the protests that spread to the Al-Aqsa Mosque, where Israel's security forces stormed the compound during the holy month of Ramadan, wounding hundreds of Muslim worshippers. And so on May 9th, this was last month, under pressure, the Israeli high court delayed the ruling on the expulsion of four Palestinian families. So why did this all begin? It began because Israel and the Jewish settler organization filed an expulsion to get rid of, in this case, four Palestinian families who had lived there generationally. And there were protests as a result of that. And then here comes the Israeli defense to stop the protests, which spread to Al-Aqsa Mosque. 
And so Israeli security forces come into the compound during Ramadan, a holy month, knowing that this would exacerbate the problem more and attacked Muslim worshipers. Now, you could say, and I agree with you if you do say this, the fighting over there has been going on forever. And you're right, the fighting there has been going on forever, just like things here in our country, just a few hundred years old, or in places like Canada. Things have been going on here for hundreds of years. But see, here in the States, most people are concerned with talking about slavery. So that's been going on for hundreds of years. Shouldn't we just leave it alone? Just forget about it? Okay, if stuff's been going on in the Middle East for hundreds of years, thousands of years, we should just leave it alone. Let them fight amongst themselves, right? That's not our problem. And in reality, it's not our problem. It's not my problem as an American because I don't support Israel. You know, I don't support other foreign governments. If we have money, we should be investing that money in our infrastructure and in education and health care, not investing it in Israeli weapons to kill Palestinians, whether you agree or disagree, whether you take a side or you don't take a side, whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, or a black magician, it doesn't really matter. I don't support Israel. I just don't believe, under international law, that Israel has a right to push people off of their ancestral homeland with the argument that it's really Jewish homeland, as if God is some kind of real estate broker and Palestinians are squatting in Jewish land, which it's not Jewish land. So Judaism is a religion, despite the fact that the Trump administration, through the federal government, something that apparently everybody was okay with this. They hate Trump, but they were okay when the Trump administration tried to turn Judaism into a nationality. Judaism is not a nationality. Judaism is a religion. You're a Jew, you're a Christian, you're a Muslim, there are Christian countries, there are Muslim countries, there are countries where Muslims and Jews and Christians like Syria tend to get along quite well until there's outside intervention and we blow the country to pieces. But Judaism is not a nationality, and it only becomes a nationality when we turn criticism of a state government into an issue of race and discrimination. What the Israeli Defense Force does to Palestinians let alone their own people, and what the state of Israel does to their own people, let alone Jews and black Jews or black people in general, what Israel does, and to comment, to question, to address that, is somehow seen as anti-Semitic or racist? Well, first of all, Jews aren't a race, okay? Hebrews, you might say a he person who's Hebraic might be more of a race than a Jew is. If I convert to Judaism, that doesn't make you an anti-Semite for not liking me. And besides questioning what I do if I'm a bad person, if I'm a criminal, it's not because I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish, it's because I'm a criminal. It's like George Floyd. Why did people like George Floyd? Because they turned him into a martyr. Despite the fact that when he was arrested and you watched the video, the guy wasn't thrown to the ground and beaten by the cops and they, they choked him out. He, the guy was having a heart attack. The police told him a hundred times, get in the car, get in the car, roll down the windows. And he's screaming, I can't choke in the car with nobody touching him. But we're not allowed to watch that video. We're not allowed to know that 5% of the U.S. population identifies as homosexual or something around, around the homosexual identification. Or that less than a percent identifies as trans. So why do we have hundreds of millions of dollars every year in media and advertising, marketing campaigns and rainbow flags and Pride Month going toward such a small percent of the population? Does that mean we shouldn't do it? No. But I'm curious why that small percent of the population is being exploited to sell Skittles 
or to sell eyewear. I see eyeglass commercials all the time for with rainbow flags. Everything's pride, pride, pride. Why? Because those companies are marketing to the 95% of the population who are straight heterosexuals to get them to feel bad and buy their product when in essence they're just basically exploiting a bunch of people who don't otherwise fit in sexually or through gender or whatever it might be. And this is what's happening in a geopolitical sense with Israel. It's you don't question Israel, Israel good, Israel does something and it's always in retaliation. And then you're not allowed to ask about the history of Israel and the people that know about the history of Israel aren't allowed to express that because Judaism is a nationality. And if you don't like Judaism, you must hate Jews. If you don't like Israel, you must hate Jews. Well, I don't particularly like Christianity. That doesn't mean I hate Christians. I don't particularly agree with Islam. But that doesn't mean I hate Muslims. I don't particularly agree with Buddhism, for that matter. That doesn't mean I hate Buddhists. But see, it's all it's that small percentage. It's that small percentage of Jews and that Christian percentage and that Muslim percentage and even the Buddhist percentage and all the other percentage and the anarchists and the atheists, that small percentage of extremists that yell the loudest so you hear them, that commit the acts of violence so you see them. And, and, and those small extremist groups that do that under... One definition, they are terrorist groups, or at least terrorist ideologies, terrorizing people in order to obtain a political end. So the media didn't tell you, on either side of the political spectrum, the Republicans would never tell you. The Democrats, I'm kind of surprised, but they don't even tell you anymore. They don't care. Republicans and Democrats don't care that Israel is guilty of war crimes. Republicans and Democrats don't care in the United States. If Israel is slaughtering and putting children into prison at very young ages because they're Palestinians, because of the color of their skin. Nobody seems to care that Israel is an apartheid state. Nobody seems to care that the policies of the state government are inherently racist and bigoted. Where are all the equal rights, unifying rainbow flag groups on that subject? You're so worried about slavery and People that just don't like gay sex, they like straight sex, and that makes them a homophobe. You're so concerned about that. Everybody's so upset about that, but nobody cares when there are literal slave factories for Muslims and Christians in China today making the phones and making the shoes that you use to go protest against slavery when there is no slavery in the United States except debt slavery from the federal banking cartels. What about the slavery and the torture and, and the rape and the murder in Gaza. Nobody seems to be concerned about that, but that's happening today. But see, that's why nobody's concerned. Nobody cares about the Muslims in concentration camps in China or the Christians or Fulongong, for that matter, having their organs harvested. Nobody cares about the Palestinian children being raped and tortured and beaten and killed and put into adult prisons. Nobody cares about the Palestinian people. And if you do, you're anti-Semitic. You know, but the, the big groups that are always... They're so concerned about everything. They don't care about that because it's happening today. Because to actually care about something happening today, you have to actually do more than carry a rainbow flag. You have to do more than wear a shirt that says BLM. You have to do more than cater to the ideological cult, to the the rhetoric of the group. I like this person. I support black lives. I support trans people. There's, it's all arbitrary. There's nowhere to go there. But see, Muslims in camps in China and Christians in camps in China and Fulong Gong having their organs harvested 
and human trafficking in Somalia and human trafficking in other parts of Africa, very widespread. And, oh, I don't know, children in Gaza put into adult prisons or shot by the IDF. Those are things happening right now as we talk. Right now, that's happening. That's happening right now, folks. But see, we don't care about that right now because we'd actually have to do something about it. We'd have to admit that to ourselves. We'd have to stop supporting Apple and Nike. We'd have to stop supporting Israel. And, oh, that makes us not like Nazis because the whole narrative has been crafted around a false dilemma. You either support terrorism or you're a Nazi, despite the fact that the terrorism being carried out by the state of Israel, having very little to do with the average Israeli citizen, is being carried out by a government that was created by none other than the Rothschild dynasty and the Nazi party of Germany. Do you know that? Havara agreement, the transfer agreement, that's what all those concentration camps were most of them were transfer facilities so that they could move illegal immigrants out of the reich and hitler had this idea to put those jews into their own state that's the true history of it joseph goebbels even went to what is now modern day israel and they minted a coin with the jewish elite on one side was a star of david on the other side was a swastika you could just look that up, Joseph Goebbels' commemorative coin, Israel, and you'll find the, the minted coin. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in, in a museum somewhere, and there's probably dozens or hundreds of them they had minted. So why can't you question what Israel's doing? Well, it's the same reason you can't question Black Lives Matter, because Black Lives Matter, in their stated goals, they want to get rid of men, and they want to get rid of the family. But you can't question them, because they use black people as a shield. Israel, established by literal Nazis and the Rothschild banking dynasty, and we can't question them because if you question them, then you're a Nazi. No, supporting them is supporting those ideologies. Supporting them is supporting the forced deportation of people that have been on that land for generations that go back into biblical times. But we can't ask those questions because then we're a Nazi. Is that how it's supposed to work? I mean, you know, here's the thing. I was reading through some news articles. I just pulled news up, and I just kind of flipped through things on my phone on occasion, and I, I find myself absorbed in that, in that vortex. And uh, then I'll just kind of like toss my phone across the room and think, what, what am I doing? Why am I looking at my phone? But I pulled up an interesting article the other day. Uh, some of you might know this person. This is a former pornography actress named Mia Khalifa. And she did pornography for like three months and then got out of it. And she received a, an immense amount of criticism at the time because she did, a, well, I guess what amounts to be the top or one of the top rated pornography scenes ever, ever conducted or something. I think it got a lot of attention because she wore a hajib in the scene. And people were very offended by that. But Mia Khalifa, who I've never seen in the news, I don't know if she's, she might be a whore, but I don't know if she's a media whore, uh, but she made it into the, 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 the Twitter mob feed for the day uh, back on May 31st because she criticized Israel as an apartheid state. And I'm sure it was to get more attention and more views and all this, but what she said is absolutely true. And, and rather than people responding back like human beings, you know, understanding the history and understanding that despite the fact that she was basically a pornography actress, you know, doesn't matter about the ad, the ad hominem attacks because if what she said was true, then it's, it's true regardless. So rather than responding back to that, it was just a total media frenzy of people making fun of her because she was in porn or people making fun of the wine she was drinking and 
saying that she was an anti-Semite. And for, for those of you who don't know, this, this woman is from Lebanon. She's Lebanese. And so people just said that she had a low IQ, and nobody addressed what she said. Nobody addressed what she said. Uh, all she said was, my wine is older than your apartheid state, which I thought was, I thought was kind of funny. Uh, I don't even know who this person really is. I've just heard of her as a pornography actress, uh, and that's really it. And I saw this story, and I just thought, what, what, these people know less than this woman. I mean, they, you can make fun of her for being a pornography actress, but she's from Lebanon. She knows what is happening, for the most part, has at least a superficial view, apparently. Because, and you know, a lot of these people don't know what apartheid means. It's anti-Semitic. What is anti-Semitic about the word apartheid? You know, just read some of these dumb comments on Twitter. It's anti-Semitic to say it's apartheid. Do you even know what that word means? Do you even know what, do you know what the word state means? Do you know what apartheid is? It's really popular in South Africa where they kill white farmers for being white. You know, it's, it's basically, I don't know, segregation. It's the kind of segregation that you, that you might have found in a few small places in the early days of the United States. So you, you don't like the history of slavery in the States, but you're okay with apartheid in Israel. Well, that's because you can't do anything about it in Israel, but you can yell and scream about the history of the United States and how you want to turn it into a more equal society by making it an apartheid state. And oh, by the way, you support Israel. Apartheid is a system of institutionalized racial segregation that existed in South Africa and Southwest Africa from 1948, that's the year Israel was created, until the early 1990s. And it didn't end in the 1990s. It's still going on today in South Africa where white people are segregated and white people are killed because they're white. Might have gotten a little bit better than it was in the 90s, but that's what this woman was saying. Israel is an apartheid state. Do you even know what apartheid means? Do you even know what Hamas is? Nobody knows what any of these things are because they're not, they're, they don't go on t-shirts. You know, they're not cool popular slogans. You know, it doesn't win elections. In fact, it loses you elections. If you criticize Israel, you're a Nazi. You're not going to win an election. doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or if you're a conservative. And that's the thing that I find most interesting. You know, I think of, I think of it as kind of like a, it's like a game of cards, you know, where you have different cards that kind of trump the other cards. Or it's kind of like a totem pole, right? You know, or it's like Uno. It's like a card game. If you lay down the, the transgender card, the transgender card always tops the homosexual card. But then if you lay down the black woman suffering, but she's also straight, that trumps a lot of the trans and gay cards. And then if you lay down a black woman suffering who's kind of straight but identifies as a man, so she's trans, that then trumps all the other cards. But then if you have a trans white person who has gone through the sexual surgeries that come out of Weimar, Germany in the 1920s out of the Jewish Sexual Science Institute, uh, which was called the Institute for Sexual Science, uh, Magnus Hirschfeld ran it. If you put that person into the mix and then they, they, they cut their hair real short and they dye it pink and they wear like sunglasses that are made of ice cream cones and they wear like a, you know, they've got like pizza floating through space on their shirt. That person also then trumps the black female who's been, I guess, abused by society. You see, it's like a hierarchy is what it is. So you talk about a real racial hierarchy, folks. That's what the critical race theory 
That's what all the, the social justice is about. It's about creating a hierarchical system of some groups have some privileges, but other groups have more privileges. And it depends on the color of your skin. It depends on your gender. It depends on your sexual identity. It depends on your race, your ethnicity, your nationality. That's what these psychopaths are creating. They're creating a system of segregation, a system of apartheid. They're creating a system in which if you are a black man who is straight and you are confident and you are successful, you are, therefore, part of the patriarchy, part of the establishment, and you hate women. But if you're a gay black man, you're better than the straight black man. But if you're a trans black man or black woman, you're better than the gay black man. And you can think that this is ignorance this is the system at work if you look around you. This is what the media tells you. This is what social media tells you. They tell you that there's a hierarchy. And at the very top, white people, oh, no, 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 white people are not good. So they turn the hierarchy as they see it upside down. White people are now the scum of the earth, especially if you're straight and especially if you're a male. White women are better than white men if they're straight. But if they're gay, they're better than white women who are straight. That's how the system works. It's a totem pole of discrimination. It's a hierarchy of discrimination. It is an apartheid state. It is a segregation and that it's happening all around us because we support it with our actions because we think we're good people because we buy rainbow Skittles. We think that we're really, really good people because we hold rainbow flags and we stand and hold hands with our gay friends. I've never needed to do any of those things to not be a bigot. I don't need to signal to other people, I care, I'm concerned. You know? So if we're looking at history... I think it would be important to do so. We're looking at history. Israel was established in 1948, around this time. The modern state of Israel was established, and they were established through acts of terrorism, literally. They were established by acts of terrorism. Zionist groups launched terrorist attacks on the Palestinian populations to drive them from the region. One of the most famous is the, if I can pronounce this correctly, the Deir Yassin Massacre on April 9th, 1948, when Zionist fighters from Ley and Ergun terror networks slaughtered hundreds of people in a Palestinian Arab village near Jerusalem. The Lehi group, known as the Stern Gang, conducted a lot of these assaults, along with help from the Ergun group, including the assassination of Lord Moyne, the British Prime Minister resident in the Middle East. Now, with the Zionist assumption that the destruction of Britain was a prime goal, they offered through the Lay Group, or the Lahi Group, to support operations of terror in the Middle East to advance the German agenda of a Jewish migration so long as Germany re, uh, recognized an individual Jewish state, which, which they did, and uh, would not be open without restrictions to uh, all Jews. The agreement was partially uncovered by a letter written on 11th of January 1941 by German Vice Admiral Ralph von der Marwitz in a report called the Ankara Document. The report explained an offer by Lahi to actively take part in the war on Germany's side as long as Germany supported the establishment of the historic Jewish state on a national and totalitarian basis bound by a treaty with the German Reich. Quote, unquote. And the state of Israel was established with money, with financing from the Rothschild banking dynasty and the campaign of terror that came as a result 
led to hundreds of thousands, millions of Palestinian people being forced to leave their land, their place of birth. Bulldozers, literally, were brought in in the middle of the night to demolish homes, and that continues to this day. That's what the recent fighting last month and into April was all about. Jewish settler organizations filed cases against Palestinians living on ancestral land. Protests erupted into May. They spread across Palestine. They spread to Al-Aqsa Mosque, where Israeli security forces in storming the compound on the month of Ramadan, wounded hundreds of Muslim worshippers, and an Israeli court, as a result of this, decided to rule on the expulsion of the four Palestinian families later, a new court date being set for 30 days after the May 9th date. And now fighting has picked back up last week, while Israel has bombed Gaza City in the second day of strikes since breaking the ceasefire. And I must note something else to you, so you don't think that I'm speaking out of complete ignorance. I don't like the UN, but I can tell you that the United Nations, the Security Council, this was back, uh, you can find, you can find just like literally dozens or probably hundreds of these ports, uh, reports. The Israeli uh, government is absolutely guilty of war crimes, of crimes against humanity, of violating international law. The occupation of Palestine is illegal. The resettlement on this occupied land is illegal. The taking of the land and the claim to sovereignty is illegal. The ethnic cleansing is illegal. The apartheid system as a whole is illegal. The violations of human rights is clearly illegal. The collective punishment of all Palestinian people is obviously illegal. The transformation of local laws is illegal. And the violations of UN Security Council resolutions is obviously illegal. Everything that Israel has done in regards to the abuse, the movement, the stealing, the theft, everything... It is a violation of international law and various international laws that we will look at tonight on the show. In fact, the United Nations published a report in September, excuse me, November of 2019, stating that Israeli settlements are a, quote, flagrant violation under international law, end quote. That's according to the U.N. Special Coordinator for the Middle East Peace Process, talking to the U.N. Security Council. Of course, the United States back in 2019 said it no longer views settlements as inconsistent with international law. And the U.N. position remains the same. So this is what's hard about geopolitics and these 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 uh, partisan political issues under the Trump administration. The United States no longer recognized that the settlements that Israel had and were expanding and the expulsions of people from their land. They no longer saw that, the United States, as inconsistent with international law. That's what Trump, your savior, did. That's what the God Trump did. Trump didn't like the fact that the United States didn't have a firm stance on this. So Donald Trump took the stance that these are legal actions, even though they are a violation of international law. So here's a question. Why didn't the Democratic people get really upset about the legitimacy I feel like it's legitimate you know, anger. 
about the legitimacy of, of that frustration, that anger against Donald Trump for his stance, uh, basically saying that it's completely legal to violate international law for the Israeli government. Where were the Democrats on that one? Where were the liberals on that one? Where were the anti-Trump, never-Trump people on that one? I guess you missed that train, didn't you? Why? 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 I want to know why. I want to know why all the liberals who can't think for themselves and who hate Donald Trump with no reason, I gave you a, I just gave you a perfect reason, and nobody can seem to, to, to respond to it. I just can't get a response out of it except for people yelling at me and screaming at me and telling me I'm a horrible person because uh, I'm an anti-Semite, even though they don't even understand the history of Israel. Never read about it a damn minute in your life, and you suggest that you know all of it because you're a Republican or because you're a Christian. I gave you a valid reason to hate Donald Trump. I'll give you a second valid reason. He tried to transform the definition of Judaism into a nationality rather than a religion and told colleges that you will not get money if you don't stop protests against what Israel is doing in Gaza at your college. If Jewish students or foreign students from Israel come to your college, this is what Trump said, and you don't stop protests against what Israel is doing in Gaza and in Palestine, you will lose federal funding. That's what the Trump administration did. You know that? You will lose federal funding if you don't stop Jewish students from protesting against what the state of Israel is and continues to do. Shutting down a Jewish person's right, with experience nonetheless, in most cases, to protest against the state of Israel, telling Jews they can't speak because we take precedence on this matter. We decide who is violating the law and who is not. We are the law. We are God. We are science, as Fauci said. That's what Trump did. That's what your Lord and Savior did. Trump did that. Trump also said it's legal to violate international law. Israel can do it. There's two good reasons to hate Trump, but why won't you hate him for those reasons? Well, because you're too busy stroking Israel off. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings right here on The Fringe FM. I'm just trying to figure out why people love Israel so much. I'm trying to figure out why Israel is treated in this hierarchy of discrimination and racism and sexism and religiousism as the most important key player, the most important card. It doesn't matter how many titles you have to your gender or sexual or racial or ethnic identity you could be a quadriplegic transgender multicolored milano person with rainbow glasses and if a jewish person walks by you have to get out of that wheelchair and kneel to them and i want to know why and we'll find out in the next hour i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings don't go anywhere stay with us Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, 
the theories of disease and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK, digital broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhance and improve sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, spec volume, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels allowed to measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The biggest thing is time. A lot of people that podcast don't have time. It's going to take you months to launch. If we did it for you, we could do it tomorrow. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK, digital broadcasting. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio right here on The Fringe FM. Thank you all for tuning in this evening. The Secret Teachings can be heard here on The Fringe Monday through Friday. You can also hear us on The Fringe FM app, and you can download that app for free. F-R-E-E. It is free on your so-called smartphone. Just download it for free from the application store. It is called the Fringe app. Fringe FM or Fringe.FM is the network website where you can find a list of all of the broadcasts on the Fringe FM. You can also find the network on Facebook. And you can find the secret teachings there as well. Facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. If you'd like to support the network and the secret teachings, 
You can subscribe to the Secret Teachings Archive on our website at thesecretteachings.info. You'll get access to the montages, all of the shows to download and to stream them after they air. Access to all of my books in digital form to download and stream. And that's with a weekly, a monthly, and a yearly subscription. We have three different options, but for the yearly subscription, you'll also get a free copy of one of my physical books, autographed, soft cover, free shipping in the U.S., and that'll be sent to you within hopefully about a week. I'll get it out to you. You can choose between food philosophy, the technological elixir, and occult arcana. It's all at www.thesecretteachings.in. F-O. And if you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's also our PayPal email for the subscriptions. I've been trying to figure out over the last five to six minutes, kind of going into break, taking the break and coming back from break, why a woman who was in pornography for three months knows more about geopolitics than political so-called leaders in the United States who have been involved in the political process for, well, roughly a a couple of generations. I'm trying to find out why a porn star knows more about what's going on in Israel than Jewish people who are either from Israel or claim to be very Jewish and know so much about Jewish history. I'm trying to figure out why a porn star understands more about violations of international law and understands the definition of words like apartheid better than adults who are in their 40s and 50s who can't have a conversation on those subjects without claiming anti-Semitism. I'm just trying to figure that out. Maybe it's because the woman is Lebanese. Maybe it's because Mia Khalifa is from Lebanon. Maybe that's why she can understand it. Maybe that's why she gets it. I don't know. You know, I lived in Boise, Idaho for about four years of my life. And when I was living there, I made a friend at the university she was a student at the university, a couple of years younger than me. She, she just turned 28 last week. And she uh, introduced me to a couple of her friends, a couple of her friends. Uh, one was from Iraq and another friend, I think, was from Kuwait. Uh, and they had come to the United States to study, or I think one of her friends had moved here. I, I don't recall exactly. I only met them a few times, but I remember one of her friends was from Iraq. Another one was from Kuwait. And... Uh, They moved here. I think one woman came with her husband and her kids. And their perspective on the world and international affairs was was so different than anything I had ever heard before. Um, But it really wasn't that different because it's what I thought. And I remember I talked to my friend uh, who's from Saudi Arabia. She's from Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. And uh, she told me, she's like, I... You know, you're one of the few Americans I've met who has an idea about what's going on in the Middle East. Like, you have an actual idea. It's not just ignorance. And I remember she told me she had went home to visit her her mom in in Saudi Arabia. Um, I didn't see her all the time. We hung out once in a while or took a walk or something like that. And we talked about Islam and we talked about international politics. We talked a lot about Syria. That was a big topic at the time. And she said she had told her mom, she said, I, I met somebody in America who actually knows what's going on in the world, you know, who's, I think she said something like, who's not dumb or something like that. And she told me that later, and we kind of laughed about it. But, but seriously, I, it's like anybody I've ever met who's not an American 
just kind of gets what's going on in Gaza. They understand the history of Israel. And uh, just recently, I started talking with my friend in Saudi Arabia again. She's about to move back to the States to go to college. And she's 28 years old. She's younger than I am. And she's sending me videos and uh, she's sending me links to international uh, law about what's happening in Gaza, what the Israeli Defense Force is actually doing, like hard, visible, you know, physical evidence, and uh, what laws they're breaking, uh, international laws, human rights laws, what the state of Israel is really like. And I always found that so fascinating, not just my friend, but anybody I've met. I've met some of her friends. I mean, from whether it's Iraq or Saudi Arabia, it just everybody seems to have the same general consensus idea. In fact, I remember one day I was walking uh, with her in Boise. We were taking a walk near the university, and uh, she said, "You know, your your country, your media is just insane." She's like the the I, I so vividly remember her telling me this because I laugh. I kind of laughed out loud about it. She says the only people in the world who don't know that Israel controls America is America, or at least Israeli policy. It, it kind of directs American policy. And I, I said, <laughs> I kind of laughed about it. I said, I see. That's what I've thought. You know. I'm not really a hardcore zealot about it as a belief, but that's what I thought. I said, that's what you think, too. That's kind of what everybody generally thinks. She said, yeah, generally, like anywhere I've been, that people just kind of know. Like, it's not even a negative thing. Like, Israel, Jewish people tend to have prominent positions of power. It's not a negative thing. It would be like me saying the NBA is predominantly black. I didn't say I hate watching the NBA. I grew up with the NBA. I like basketball. I don't like it today. I think it's a joke, and I think the communist LeBron James should just just a whole nother disgusting issue but I met so many other people from around the world like my friend from Saudi Arabia or talked to them since then and everybody knows every single person knows exactly what I'm telling you tonight it's just this thing with Christian Americans they can't get it through their thick Bible skulls Israel is not a good country and I can't say that about the people of Israel because the people of Israel aren't any different than Americans. It's just like the American perception of Iraq or Afghanistan after 9-11. I mean, obviously, neither one of those countries did anything, really. Uh, Israel has more blood on their hands than Afghanistan, at minimal. Uh, and then remember Benjamin Netanyahu said, we're benefiting from the attack on the World Trade Center because we're going to use the United States to wage our wars for us. And it's like the whole world knows it. The whole world knows it. But Americans had this disgust for Muslims. Remember that? This disgust. We, they hated Muslims. Just like not a lot of us, I don't think, but you know, some radical extremists hated Muslims. I mean, particularly right-wing people really didn't like Muslims because they thought Muslims were terrorists. And I mean, I was a young kid. I was 10 years old. 11, 12 years old, when this really began to balloon. I didn't know what was going on in the world, but I, I knew, like, I don't, I don't hate people because of the way they look. I mean, 
there is something to be said about profiling somebody. You know, if 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 a black person commits a crime or a white person commits a crime and you're looking for that person, it's not racially profiling. I mean, it is, but it's not in a negative sense. It's not negatively racially profiling and trying to find a black or a white person to put in prison. It's like, well, the the person who robbed the bank was was they had green skin. So we're going to go find the person with green skin. And if only a few people have green skin in that area, they all might be questioned. It's not really unjust unless you arrest them all and you beat them all to death. Then it's a little unjust. I just realized, like, everybody who isn't an American kind of gets it. But then even over the last couple of years, even, like, Democrats and liberals have just solidified their refusal to discuss Israel. And then you start to kind of research it, and you realize there are so many people in Congress that literally have dual citizenship. They have, a, they have citizenship in Israel and they have citizenship in the United States. And even if people don't have dual citizenship that way, they consider themselves, they classify themselves as Zionists. And Zionism is a lot different than Judaism. So the Trump administration tried to turn Judaism into a nationality to be protected. Remember that back in 2019 that nobody wanted to talk about? Everybody was like, yeah, that's great. You know, even the Trump haters, they were like, yeah, sure, we support you on that, Trump. Two thumbs up. We like that. It was basically, if you protest at a university, the university is told, stop the protest against Israel or you will lose federal funding. And then you think about it for a second and you realize the average American, seriously, the average American has an attention span less than that of a goldfish, according to the Microsoft study a couple of years ago. So the average American, like myself, I might be excluded from this example, but the average American, like myself, like you, is not the person who is protesting or trying to bring awareness to the war crimes of Israel on a college campus, especially an 18, 19-year-old kid. The person who is going to do that is the international student from Israel who comes to the States knowing what their country does, or they come from another country knowing what Israel does, they come to a college campus and they join a group and they kind of protest and bring awareness to it. And your loving leader, Donald Trump, said, you will shut your mouth, you will say nothing about Israel, you will lose federal funding, and some of the kids can actually get kicked out of school. America, America, we love our First Amendment. Free speech to do what? Free speech to do what they tell you to do. Free speech to say what they say. Don't you love Donald Trump so much? Don't you love Republicans so much? Oh, isn't it a little bit weird? Maybe I'm criticizing Republicans tonight. I, I keep getting these emails. Oh, you love you love Republicans. You're a right-wing conservative spreading propaganda. Listen, reading articles from the Journal of Microbiology and Infectious Disease, okay, that says that COVID-19 vaccines abnormally fold prions in the brain and cause neurodegenerative disorders is not a Republican issue. It's not a Republican conspiracy theory. It's an issue of science, okay? And talking about Israel doesn't make me anti-Semitic. Do you even know what Semitism is? Do you know what the Semitic people are? Semitic cultures are? It represents an ethnicity, a culture, a racial group who speak or who spoke Semitic languages. So Semitic people or Semitic cultures which come from Shem in Hebrew, is a term of an ethnic, cultural, racial group, etc., that speaks a Semitic language. Therefore, therefore, the Semitic language of the Arab people 
is, as I'm sure most of you know, Arabic. It's spoken by hundreds of millions of people throughout the Middle East and North Africa. Arabic. You know about Arabic, right? You've heard Arabic. You're allowed to make fun of, you know, Arabic. People do the the throat clearing and the... Yeah, and they scream Allah Akbar because that's what all Muslims do. Arabic is a Semitic language. Therefore, when all those Americans, Christians, conservatives, just general Americans upset about 9-11, when they developed a hatred for Muslims and for Arabs, they forgot that Arabs are Semitic, and that hatred was literally the definition of anti-Semitism because Arabic is a Semitic language, and if you speak Arabic, it is a Semitic language. It might not make you Semitic. It might make, not make you d- descendant from uh, Hebraic characters in the Bible, but it is a Semitic language. If you're Arab, if you're truly Arab and you speak Arabic, you are a Semite. You know that, right? So if that's the case, then the issue that people have with, with Palestine uh, is really an anti-Semitic issue, is it not? And the issue that people have with Israel, it's not really an anti-Semitic issue. It's an issue of international war crimes. It's an issue of human rights violations. It's an issue of creating a concentration camp, turning off the water, and spraying sewage on the street, of preventing people from even sweeping up the streets of the trash and the garbage and the debris caused by conflict, where you've got, I watched a video my friend sent me, uh, it looks like IDF comes in and they try to with with guns and try to wrestle the brooms out of the hands of these these young people that are trying to clean the streets up. But you are not allowed to know about that because you would be guilty of Holocaust denial. And what does Holocaust denial do? It just justifies more museums and more books and more movies and more propaganda. And all the stuff we hear about survivors of the Holocaust just more people to receive material compensation from the German government or other governments. Just more money, more money, more money, more money, more money, 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 money. And then you wonder why Jews in particular have a very negative stereotype. Is this the average Jewish person walking down the street? Nope. Is this the average Muslim walking down the street? Nope. Now, you might say, well, you know, your friend, Ryan, or any of these other people that you know that are Muslim or that they've lived in other parts of the world, they've experienced this, they, they understand what's going on in Israel, they really don't understand because they've been brainwashed by, by the Muslim belief. Okay, maybe they've been brainwashed by the Muslim belief. At minimal, if that's the case, you've been brainwashed by the Jewish belief or the Christian belief or the, 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 the rabid, rabid ideology of extremism in whatever context. But all the people I've ever met, literally, I can tell you this right now, folks, any Muslim I've ever met in my life has always been more willing to listen to my views. They have been more peaceful. They have been more calm than any Christian I've ever known. That doesn't mean I'm a Muslim. Okay? It doesn't mean I hate Christians. I tend to agree with Christians on a lot of things. And I agree with Muslims on some things. But I can tell you this, I've never really... I just I can't compare Christians and Muslims for that reason alone, from my experience. Doesn't mean I hate one or the other. Doesn't mean I want to see one or the other succeed over the other one. I want to see humans thrive. I don't want to see religions thrive. But I can at least talk to people, Christian, Muslim, doesn't matter, who are able to communicate without the 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 the, the rabid, aggressive, zealous hatred of any opposition to their beliefs. I can talk to those people. And so it's kind of like when a Jewish person says, I don't agree with what Israel is doing. 
suddenly they're a self-hating Jew. You know, it's just like the rabbi Arthur Hertzberg said, it's not about justice, it's a fight for money. That's what it is. It's a fight for money. It's a fight for power. It's money, 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 power, 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 power. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish or if you're Muslim or if you're Christian or whatever. But you got to understand that Judaism is not the same as Zionism, and, and Islam is not the same as extremist Islam and, 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 and Wahhabist groups. Let me put it to you this way. Let me give you a little bit of the history. Zionism was founded by a Russian Jew named Ziev Vladimir Jopentinsky in the 1920s. He said that their goal was to seize Palestine with an iron wall of Jewish bayonets. Ziev wanted to create, with, quote, sweat and blood, a race of men strong, brave, and cruel, end quote, that would establish Eretz Yisrael from the Nile to Euphrates in Iraq. Ziev Vladimir Jobotinsky, in the 1920s, said these things, wrote these things. That was his goal, a Russian Jew. Doesn't mean Jews are bad people, folks. It just means this was the history of it. Then we get some other people. We get Sabatai Ziev. Now, this is back in the 1600s. This guy is a black magician, and he claimed to be the Jewish Messiah. Here's a little hint. He wasn't the Jewish Messiah, but he was a black magician. And another guy, Jacob Frank, who claimed to be the reincarnation of the Messiah Sabate Zavai and the biblical patriarch Jacob, because why not throw another one in there? Uh, this is psychosis on the level of David Wilcock and Corey Good. I'm Edgar Casey. I'm the prophet Enoch. You know, that level of psychosis and delusion. Now, Sabate Zavai, who supposedly was the, the Jewish Messiah and who Jacob Frank was the reincarnation of, uh, Zavai led the largest Messianic movement in Jewish history to bring Jews to Palestine. Now, for reference point, Zavai let, lived in, from 1622 to 1676. This isn't recent history. So he led this huge movement to bring Jews to Palestine. Converted to Islam under the Sultan of Turkey, or the Turkey-based Ottoman Empire, and forced his followers to do the same because, well, they had to deflect criticism and blend in with the population. So the followers of Zavai did the same thing and became known as Donmeh, meaning to turn. These were the Donmeh Muslims or Jews or whatever you want to call them. Uh, they were a powerful group in politics and business. Now, Zevai used Judaism and his Messianic title to invert Jewish traditional teachings, laws, sexual taboos, and morality. Guilt was eliminated in order to celebrate debauchery. Kind of sounds like Satanism a little bit, doesn't it? Jacob Frank, later on being the reincarnation of Zevai, promoted human and animal sacrifices and declared Lucifer as the one God. Frank aligned in 1773 with Meyer Amstel Rothschild, founder of financial, the financial dynasty out of Frankfurt, Germany, and the Jesuit Adam Weishaupt, founder of the Bavarian Illuminati in 1776. Jacob Frank, what we call Frankism, united with the founding family of Israel and united with the founder of the Bavarian German Illuminati Secret Society to create an altered, inverted version of Judaism as well as Islam. 
And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that when we come back from break. It's critical to understanding what's going on in the world today. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. 
If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio right here, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, where you can access our show archive, the montages, my digital books. When you support the show, it also supports The Fringe FM. And I believe it supports you as well. I hope that you take something out of the show. I hope that you take balance out of the show. And you take that frustration that I have and that maybe you have, and you turn it into something creative. I got an email from a listener named Dan, last initial B. Don't want to give out the full name, but Dan emailed me on Friday. He grabbed a copy of my book, Food Philosophy, the digital version, and he emailed me back. I asked him how long he's been listening to the show, and uh, he responded in about two paragraphs. But he said, I loved the episode on the children in Tennessee. That was the episode we did last week on Thursday, Abuse the Children, Use the Rod, Abuse the Children. He said, nothing angers me more than the crimes against humanity. And I think that I could maybe speak for Dan when I say that crimes against humanity can be defined in a variety of ways. The crimes against humanity that are a little bit easier to define are pretty flagrant. They're pretty blatant. Like when you have, as Dan said, When you have children being put by the dozen on government-chartered flights and flown at 3 o'clock in the morning into states where the governor is not even informed, and then you're putting those children with masks on their face and guards so the children can't leave the buses or leave the airport on buses that are run by contracts given by the Department of Defense to bus companies, and then those buses take those children to undisclosed locations where they disappear and they vanish forever. That is very telling. Every detail of that is very telling of what that operation actually is. But see, rather than looking at the obvious nature of it, what is going on here? It's clearly human trafficking. It's taking migrant children and distributing them across the United States. It's the same operations that were run by Jeffrey Epstein, the same operations that were run, in essence, just with different people, Adult women with the Nexium cult, John of God, Harvey Weinstein, Oprah Winfrey, Bill Clinton, you name it. Same kind of operation. It operates in Europe, it operates in Asia, it operates in Russia, it operates in South America, it operates in Australia, it operates everywhere. It's not all necessarily connected, but there are interconnected links between Buckingham Palace and the Vatican. So those are the specifics. And See, what Dan recognizes is that, you know, there's, a, there's, there's one thing. It's one thing if it's, if it's a crime, right? It's one thing if it's like somebody robbed a bank or somebody broke into your house. It's one thing if, 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 if a human being who's an adult gets beaten up or abused. But when it's children, you should be a little angry. 
And it is a crime against humanity. And when you can see it, when you can almost taste it and touch it, when it's that close to you, when it's in Tennessee, when it's in Texas, when it's in Oregon, when it's in New York, when it's happening in your state, in your country, it's a lot harder to put on those Nikes and to grab that iPhone and to go down and to protest it, isn't it? Because it's right there in your face and you have to do more than take a video selfie and put it up on TikTok that I care about the children. I'm down here at the Save the Children rally. You have to do more than that. It's more than something that happened 100 years ago. If children were this was being done to children with this much documentation 30 years ago, but you didn't have any proof it was happening today, it would be a lot easier to say, okay, anybody who's alive today involved in that, they're guilty of these crimes. We want them to be brought to justice, but nev- nothing ever happens. It's a rally for you and your friends to get together and then go have lunch. It's the same thing with the crimes that are being carried out on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis by the state of Israel. The apartheid state of Israel saying nothing of the Jewish people or the Israeli citizens, but the State of Israel in occupied territory abusing, violating, flagrantly international law, where the United Nations as a whole and all of its subsidiary groups have time after time after time after time said Israel is in violation of this, that, and the other thing. Israel is in violation of so many international laws They are from occupation to Israeli settlements to the taking of land by force and the claiming of sovereignty to the practice of ethnic cleansing to the apartheid system all of it is an illegal illegal operation and that's happening right now the racism the discrimination based on class based on religion based on the color of your skin all those things that happen in Israel are happening right now what the Chinese communists do to Muslims putting them in concentration camps, that's happening right now. But we're not really concerned about that racism in Israel, are we? We're not really concerned about that discrimination and those crimes against humanity committed by China, are we? No, we still pick up the Chinese flag because they're not bad folks, folks. We still pick up the Israeli flag because the Holocaust... We still pick up those flags and we march with them because we wouldn't dare put them down to be accused of being an anti-Semite or accused of not liking Asian people. If that is how you debate and you allow yourself to be reduced to the ad hominem, the false dilemma, You allow yourself to be reduced to, I've got a great argument, I know that I'm right, here's the proof, and someone says, yeah, but you don't like Asian people, and you say, okay, I won't say anything about the crimes that the Communist Party are committing in China, because I I just might not like Asian people. You know, I just might not like black people if I don't like Black Lives Matter, even though it's run predominantly by white people. You know? See, that's the problem. It's all based on psychology. It's all based on emotion and hysterical reactions. It's based on zealous behavior. You know, Christians, Muslims, Jews, yeah, these groups have fought against each other for thousands of years. And in parts of the Middle East, that fighting is as barbaric, slightly more advanced than it was 100, 200, 300, 400 years ago. But what Israel is doing is a violation of international law Right now, 
what Israel is doing is a violation of human rights right now. Israel has turned Gaza into a concentration camp. The irony shouldn't be lost on those of you who have a hard-on for the Holocaust, considering the fact that Hitler himself was responsible largely in part, not just a minor bit, but largely in part for the creation of the state of Israel. As were terrorist groups, such as the Ergun group or the Lahi group, German Vice Admiral Rolf von der Mauwitz uncovered a letter from January of 1941 in a report card called Ankara. The report claimed an offer by Lahi, one of the terrorist groups, to, quote, actively take part in the, in the war on Germany's side. So far as Germany supported the establishment of the historic Jewish state on a national and totalitarian basis, bound by a treaty with the German Reich. The Jewish terrorist groups made deals with Germany. You say, well, that's just an offer. Sure, that's just an offer, but there's minted coins of Joseph Goebbels, swastikas and Stars of David deals being made. The Havara Agreement, the transfer agreement to move Jews out of the Reich and put them into Israel. It was a modern-day concentration camp, and a lot of people at that time did not want to go because that's exactly what they believed it was. The State of Israel was founded with terrorist bombings, bulldozers, destroying Palestinian land in the middle of the night, bulldozing houses. This is what happened a couple of months ago when settlement organizations that were Jewish, filed cases against Palestinian families. And that quickly escalated into protests in May throughout Palestine, became international news. And so Israel decided, well, we have to stop this. They cracked down on the protests. They sent security forces to Al-Aqsa, the mosque, very famous mosque, and stormed the compound multiple times on Ramadan, Attacking Muslim worshippers, the Israeli high court in early May decided to put the hold on the exportation of four Palestinian families to later be decided at the end of last month, and now fighting has picked back up. Israel once again attacking Gaza City right before the weekend, and it's like, you know, why do you care about what's happening in Israel? Why do you care about what's, what's happening in Gaza? Well, just like our listener Dan B. said, nothing angers me more than crimes against humanity. And, and, and for me, that's basically how it is. Nothing really angers me more than crimes against humanity. And uh, erasing history is another crime against humanity. You know what ISIS does where they rip down statues and destroy museums and libraries? As far as I'm concerned, ISIS is a little different than BLM. ISIS and BLM are a little different than Antifa. They're radical extremist groups that want to eliminate 
statues and the libraries and the museums so they can destroy history. This is what raiders do. This is what conquerors do. So they can then implement their version of history and their version of culture, their version of reality and life and religion and belief on you. And Christians and Muslims and Jews and all other groups have done this to each other since the beginning of time. Today, it's just done a little bit more sophisticatedly. It's just done with computers and guns now. It's also done with with taxpayer money here in the States, where a lot of our money goes to Israel for no apparent reason, just billions of dollars just go to Israel so that they can have weapons to kill Palestinian children. So we can finance the IDF that then trains a lot of our police forces. So when you're concerned about police brutality and you're concerned about Nazis, why would you ever support the state of Israel? Why would you support the IDF and what they do to Palestinian people? Not only do they attack and imprison children, they use American weapons to do it, operating on behalf of a state literally founded by Nazis and the Rothschild banking dynasty, as if that's not enough. And then that same IDF comes to the states and trains, or people go to Israel and train on how to be police officers. It's stunning. You protest slavery with an iPhone and a Nike. Wow. Genius. But this isn't really Judaism, really, is it? I mean, you meet a Christian, a real Christian, who isn't a hypocrite, like who actually lives like they're maybe supposed to live. They're usually great people to talk to, and you get along with them, and they, they help you. Same with Muslims, and same with Jews. But you get the people that are radical, that are zealots, then it's a little different. See, you're going to get that naturally in any environment, but then you, you can create that zealous behavior, like has been done with ISIS, and like has been done through... ISIS is religious, Antifa's more political, they're just anarchists, communists, and BLM is just a Marxist group, and want to get rid of the family, want to get rid of men, according to their own, their own writings. So, how about, how about Judaism? Uh, how about Zionism? Z- Zionism was founded by a Russian Jew, Ziev Vladimir Jabotinsky, in the 1920s. He wanted to create an iron wall of Jewish bayonets and overtake Palestine. He wanted to create with sweat and blood a race of men strong, brave, and cruel that would establish a greater Israel from the Nile River to the Euphrates in Iraq. And this was in the 1920s. About 25, 26 years later, well, he got his wish as this, this process began and his Palestinian people were displaced. Now, hundreds of years ago, in the 1600s and the 1700s, there were two different people that came onto the religious scene. One was Sabbatai Zivai claimed to be the Messiah, wasn't really the Messiah, oops. He was a black magician, though, well-known black magician. Jacob Frank was another man in the 1700s, claimed to be the reincarnation of Sabate Zevai, very convenient. Uh, also wasn't, and if he was, he was, the, he was an imposter, uh, of an imposter, uh, of a liar, he was reincarnated as. Kind of like David Wilcock and Corey Good being the reincarnations of Edgar Casey and Prophet Enoch, that level of psychosis, delusion. But Jacob Frank also believed he was reincarnated from the patriarch Jacob in the Bible. So I guess you can be reincarnated from two people, a lying false prophet and then a biblical patriarch. Sabate Zevai, though, should bring us 
bring our attention for a moment to a to a narrowing so we can just analyze this. Zapate Zavai organized in the 1600s the largest Messianic movement in Jewish history to return Jews to Palestine. But he converted to Islam under the sultan of the Turkey-based Ottoman Empire. And his followers, so-called Jewish followers, did the same and became known as the Donme. And I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but the Donme, which means to turn. They were powerful in politics and business, especially in Greek Macedonia in the southern Balkans. Zivai used Judaism and his Masonic title to invert Jewish traditional teachings, laws, sexual taboos, morality, etc., replacing them entirely with a new system, eliminating guilt, and ordering a system of debauchery. In essence, turning Judaism into kind of like a satanic system, if you will, inverting the secret teachings, the sacred traditional Jewish teachings and laws and sexual moral codes and the guidance given to Jews from or by God, as you know, as we're told. He made it forbidden to marry outside of the Jewish sect. And fasting was exchanged for feasting days. What came out of this from Zivai was Frankism, or Sabbatianism, as it's called, because Jacob Frank and Sabbate Zavai, Frankism was promoted as a form of depravity, but as a form of worship and empathy was seen as sacrilegious. In other words, Frankism was a religion based on depravity and the lacking of empathy. Jacob Frank promoted human and animal sacrifices and declared that Lucifer was the one true God. He aligned in the 1770s with Rothschild, Mayor Amstel Rothschild, the founder of the financial dynasty out of Frankfurt, Germany, that later established the state of Israel, that same bloodline, that same family, and the Jesuit Adam Weishaupt, the founder of the 1776 Bavarian German secret society, known as the Illuminati. Not the one that you see in pop culture that was an actual secret organization. But even if you study traditional Judaism, study traditional Christianity, study traditional anything, you're going to find weird things that are part of the culture at the time that you might not agree with today. Why are we circumcising kids today? I always get confused when people say, oh, the Muslims cut off their daughter's genitals. Well, I haven't been with a Muslim girl, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of Muslims have their, have their genitals. Do some extremist groups do that? Yeah, they absolutely do. You know what extremists do? Well, actually, not so extreme. 75% of Americans uh, have been circumcised. So extremist Islam might promote that for little girls, but non-extremist Christians will chop parts of their child's penis off because that's part of a tradition, because they're a good Christian, that Jews, their brother from another mother, or brother from another god, or brother from the same god, believe in because of a covenant between God and man. I mean, when my son was born, they asked me probably 50 times that they wanted, wanted me to have him circumcised. No, no, no. I said, I'm not a Jew. I'm not a Christian. I don't want him circumcised. You know, even if I was, I'm not a psychopath. I don't, don't cut his penis off. What is this? An LGBTQ rally? Not cutting his penis off. But then the British created another movement. They created a distorted version of Islam. So these guys, Frankism, Sabbatianism, it's basically distorted, corrupted Judaism. 
Well, the British decided to create a distorted version of Islam in the mid-18th century using a guy named Muhammad ibn Abdul Abu-Wahhab. Abdul Wahhab, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Muhammad ibn Abd al-Wahhab. Abd al-Wahhab made an alliance with Muhammad bin Saud, founder of the first Saudi state, whose successors formed the current Saudi Arabia, along with British and America in 1932. It was Wahhab's daughter who married Bin Saud's son. Both families were Donmeh, remember? Donmeh, going back to the converted Jews who converted to Islam under Zevai. They were Donmeh cryptid Jews. In fact, Muhammad ibn Abd al-Wahhab is a descendant of a family from the Jews of al-Dunama in Turkey. Al-Dunama refers to Jews who declared their embracement of Islam in an effort to insult Islam and to escape pursuit by the Ottoman Empire. Some writers have suggested that the entire house of Saud are all, all descended from a Jewish merchant in Basra in Iraq. That's right, even Saudi Arabia is a de facto, at the tip-top of power, Jewish state. Don't say, uh, don't think I said anything today about how I liked Saudi Arabia either. Didn't say anything about how I liked Israel. Okay? Israel is in violation of so many international laws, it's absolutely just stunning. There's no call for Israel to stop. That's forceful. There's just like resolutions and, hey, you should stop this. How about, how about this? I don't really like political people per se. I don't really support systems per se. I like ideas. And if someone that's in a political position of power has a great idea, like a lot of the founding fathers, I support that. There's one guy I really liked. One guy I really liked. I like Dr. Ron Paul. Multiple-term congressman from Texas. I liked Ron Paul. I met Ron Paul a couple times. There's a 2009 speech that Dr. Paul gave about what's going on in Gaza. 2009. Remember, this was a big, big outbreak of violence in 2009. This is what Dr. Paul had to say back in 2009. It's very relevant to what's happening today. And he gives you a little bit of the history. Position to this resolution, uh, not because uh, I am taking sides and, and picking who the bad guys are and who the good guys are, but I'm looking at this more from the angle of being a uh, United States citizen and American, and I think resolutions like this uh, really do us great harm. Uh, in many ways, what's happening in the Middle East, and in particular with Gaza right now, we have some moral responsibility for both sides. Uh, uh, in a way, because we provide help and funding uh, for both Arab nations and Israel. And uh, so we definitely have a moral responsibility, and especially now today, the weapons being used to uh, kill so many Palestinians are American weapons, and uh, American funds essentially are being used uh, for this. But there's a political liability, which I think is something that we fail to look at because too often there's so much blowback from our intervention in areas that we shouldn't be involved in. You know, Hamas, if you look at the history, you'll find out that Hamas was encouraged and really started by Israel because they wanted Hamas to counteract Yasser Arafat. And you say, well, yeah, that was better then and served its purpose, but we didn't want Hamas to do this. So then we as Americans say, well, 
We have such a good system, we're going to impose this on the world. We're going to invade Iraq and teach people how to be Democrats. We want free elections. So we encourage the Palestinians to have a free election. They do, and they elect Hamas. So we first indirectly and directly through Israel help establish Hamas. Then we have election. Then Hamas becomes dominant, so we have to kill them. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. During, during the 80s, those, those might be some of the most honest words ever spoken by a political representative in the House and that was in 2009, probably since 2009. You, you just don't hear that kind of stuff anymore. You hear uh, a couple senators here or there, Ron Paul's son. Uh, you see here, uh, what's the guy's name, Cotton. They talk a little bit like that. But just generally, nobody's really speaking in an honest way because they're always trying to defend something. They're trying to defend a belief. They're trying to defend an ideology. They're trying to defend their religion. They're trying to defend their political position. It's always in defense, 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 defense. When you're always in defense, people are attacking you. Okay, people are attacking you. You're you're not on the offense. You're on the defense. You're unable to do anything except put your arms up and protect yourself. And when you're under attack, the way that you defend yourself is usually by lashing out in anger and with emotional responses. And when someone like Dr. Paul back in 2009 or someone like myself sits here, maybe with a little frustration, and we say, This isn't an issue of picking a side. If we're guilty for something as Americans, we're we're, we're guilty collectively on both sides for funding Jews, funding Arabs, funding terrorist groups, and then waiting for the blowback and wondering why there's blowback. You know, this goes back to something that a lot of people were actually concerned about maybe about 10 years ago. That's since then disappeared. Now we're concerned about what? We're concerned about Marxism. We're concerned about race and gender and sexual identities and companies are marketing to 90 plus percent of the population and saying if you buy these products that have rainbows on them you support less than five percent of the population it's just an exploitation that's all that it is it's an exploitation do you think all jewish people want the media and government and big business to speak for them there's a lot of jewish people that have the same views that most christians and other people have. they don't care they want to play video games and go to a movie But some of them that are very concerned, they have protests. You can't do that in a lot of American schools now because Donald Trump, the Lord and Savior, said you can't do that or you won't get federal funding. Telling Jewish people who know what they're talking about to shut their mouths because then Israel will get upset if there are protests against Israel in the United States because apparently Israel has jurisdiction over our country and our government. The Biden administration is no different. It's It's all the same crap. Israel is guilty of incredible war crimes, consistent daily war crimes. Uh, it's a humanitarian crisis. And the only people that seem to know about this are people either from that region or people that have, have uh, I guess, been in pornography as Mia Khalifa, that they know about that, being from Lebanon, or people that read history books. They're not, they know that. They're aware of that. Otherwise, people just blindly speak on their religion or blindly speak on their perception of politics. It's nonsense. You know what it really is? It's like magic. And the founding of Zionism is based in black magic and the overturning of moral ethical principles by Jacob Frank and Sabate Zavai. That's why Sabatianism and Frankism are extremist, zealous, Zionist versions of Christianity, Islam, etc., That's why Sabbatianism and Frankism are 
extremist, zealous versions with Zionism of Judaism. And that's why the extremist Christian sects and the extremist Muslim sects, that's why these people get all the attention, all the airtime, because they're the people that scream and shoot and kill. And the average Muslim Christian Jew tends to get along, and they don't want there to be people pushed off of their ancestral homeland. They don't want there to be war crimes committed against peaceful people or people that fight back, and then Israel is always in the defense, so Israel's always the victim. I'm wondering tonight what this fascination people have with Israel, this magic that people have with Israel. What is this fascination? Why why is our attention just solely focused on Israel? We don't care about the Muslims in camps in China, the Christians or the Fulongong. We don't care about the children. Why? Because Israel happens to be what amounts to the capital of the LGBTQ community because Jews contribute to almost all campaign funding. Less than 2% of the population, they contribute to, what is it, up to 50% of Democratic and Republican campaign contributions, according to the Jerusalem Post. Could it be uh, Israeli lawmakers back in 2018 claiming that Jews are the smartest race in the world or the Jews are the strongest backers of gay marriage, the strongest backers of abortion, even when compared to people that you know hate human life? Why? Well, those aren't real Jews. Those are people that have hijacked the Jewish religion, the Jewish faith, and they've used it to advance their own agenda. Just like Democratic Party today has been hijacked by communists and Marxists. Doesn't mean if you're a Democrat, you're a bad person. You're a Jew, you're a bad person. We're talking about reality, folks. We're talking about using the information we have to understand what's going on in the world, not just reacting to hysteria, with hysteria, emotional, emotionally driven responses to things that we don't fully understand. Everything I've said tonight in relation to history is 100% accurate. Fact check it for yourself. Israel was established by terrorist groups, by Nazi Germany, by Adolf Hitler, Joseph Goebbels, and others himself. Literally. And Judaism has been turned into Zionism and Frankism and Sabbatianism, which has filtered over into Christianity and Islam. And the extremism from ISIS to Antifa aims to destroy history and culture to build a new world on the old world. It's done through magic. It's done through terrorism. And until you understand that, you're just still going to think that it's a political issue. It's just a political show. You're a Republican. You're a Democrat. And just be reduced to these these tricks of the system. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you for listening tonight. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Stay tuned to The Fringe FM. Subscribe to The Secret Teachings Archive at thesecretteachings.info. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.